up to Leviticus chapter 23. We've just got five, <coughs> excuse me. We've just got five more chapters left in the book of Leviticus. And um, we're now getting to a significant um, couple of chapters. And today in this chapter, we're going to consider the seven, um, the seven feasts of Israel. There's actually more than seven. We'll talk about that later. But um, when you consider the seven feasts, Sabbath, Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of Pentecost, the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles, all seven. And they're all found right here in chapter 23. Let's read. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and tell them, The set feasts of Yahweh, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my set feasts. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no kind of work. It is a Sabbath to Yahweh in all your dwellings. These are the set feasts of Yahweh, even holy convocations which you shall proclaim in their appointed season. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month in the evening, is Yahweh's Passover. On the fifteenth day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread to Yahweh. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. In the first day you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no regular work, but you shall offer an offering made by fire to Yahweh seven days. In the seventh day is a holy convocation. You shall do no regular work. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and tell them, When you have come into the land which I give to you, and shall reap its harvest, then you shall bring the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave the sheaf before Yahweh to be accepted for you. On the next day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. On the day when you wave the sheaf, you shall offer a male lamb without defect, a year old, for a burnt offering to Yahweh. The meal offering with it shall be two-tenths of an ephah, of fine flour mixed with oil, an offering made by fire to Yahweh for a pleasant aroma, and the drink offering with it shall be of wine, the fourth part of a hen. You must not eat bread or roasted grain or fresh grain until this same day, until you have brought the offering of your God. This is a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. You shall count from the next day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the weave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be completed. The next day after the seventh Sabbath, you shall count 50 days, and you shall offer a new meal offering to Yahweh. You shall bring out of your habitations two loaves of bread for a wave offering made of two tenths of an ephah of fine flour. They shall be baked with yeast for first fruits to Yahweh. You shall present with the bread seven lambs without defect, a year old, one young bull and two rams. They shall, be bur they shall be a burnt offering to Yahweh with their meal offering and their drink offerings, even an offering made by fire of a sweet aroma to Yahweh. You shall offer one male goat for a sin offering and two male lambs for a year old for a sacrifice of peace offerings. The priest shall wave them with the bread of the first fruits for a wave offering before Yahweh with the two lambs, they shall be holy to Yahweh for the priest. You shall make proclamation on the same day 
that there shall be a holy convocation to you. You shall do no regular work. This is a statute forever in all your generations throughout. Sorry. This is a statute forever in all your dwellings throughout all your generations. When you reap the harvest of your land, you must not wholly reap into the corners of your field, and you must not gather the gleanings of your harvest. You must leave them for the poor and for the foreigner. I am Yahweh your God. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, there shall be a solemn rest for you, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall do no regular work. You shall offer an offering made by fire to Yahweh. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, However, on the tenth day of this seventh month is the day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation to you. You shall afflict yourselves, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to Yahweh. You, should, you shall do no work in that same day, for it is a day of atonement to make an atonement for you before Yahweh your God. For whoever it is who shall not decide, deny himself in that same day shall be cut off from his people. Whoever does any kind of work in that same day, I will destroy that person from among his people. You shall do no kind of work. It is a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. It shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for you, and you shall deny yourselves. In the ninth day of the month at evening, from evening to evening, you shall keep your Sabbath. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say, On the fifteenth day of this seventh month is a feast of booths, for seven days to Yahweh. On the first day shall be a holy convocation, you shall do no regular work. Seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire to Yahweh, on the eighth day shall be a holy convocation to you. You shall offer an offering made by fire to Yahweh. It is a solemn assembly. You shall do no regular work. These are the appointed feasts of Yahweh, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, to offer an offering made by fire to Yahweh, a burnt offering, a meal offering, a sacrifice and drink offerings, each on its own day. In addition to the Sabbaths of Yahweh, and in addition to your gifts, and in addition to all your vows, and in addition to all your freewill offerings which you give to Yahweh. So, on the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruits of the land, you shall keep the feast of Yahweh seven days. On the first day shall be a solemn rest, and on the eighth day shall be a solemn rest. You shall take on the first day the fruit of majestic trees, branches of palm trees, boughs of thick trees, and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before Yahweh your God seven days. You shall keep it as a feast to Yahweh seven days in the year. It is a statute forever throughout your generations. You shall keep it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in temporary shelters for seven days. All who are native born in Israel shall dwell in temporary shelters that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in temporary shelters when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am Yahweh your God. So Moses declared to the children of Israel the appointed feasts of Yahweh. Well, when you read 
that chapter or listen to the chapter, it's not really easy to pick out the seven feasts. And some of them don't seem like feasts. If you read other parts of the Bible, it talks about the three feasts. And, and so you, you can think from those chapters that there's only three. But when you read this chapter very carefully, you find out that there are three feasts that are pilgrimage feasts. In other words, people had to go to the tabernacle or the temple for those feasts, but, all, but there are seven in total. So the first of them is the Sabbath. The Sabbath you didn't have to go anywhere for, but it was a weekly day of rest. The second was Passover, which was just one night a year, the night they remembered that they came out of Egypt. But the very next day of Passover was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. That's the first of the pilgrimage feasts. And that feast went a whole week. So you've kind of got two that are back to back. You've got Passover, and then that's one day, and then the next seven days is unleavened bread. So you've got eight days in a row, which is two feasts together. So in the New Testament, you've got Jesus having Passover with his disciples, but then the Feast of Unleavened Bread starts the next day. The next day is actually, the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread is actually a Sabbath. It's a special Sabbath. If you were paying attention as we read this, you would have noticed that the first day of that feast is a Sabbath. Now, if that day didn't happen to fall on a Saturday, it's still a Sabbath. And in the New Testament, um, we've got John who talks about Jesus. Um, you know, it, it was saying that the, Jesus is with the disciples in the Last Supper, and it was saying that the next day was a special Sabbath. So it wasn't a Saturday. The next day was the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and then the day after that was a Saturday. Jesus actually, if you study the scriptures very carefully, actually died on a Thursday. And um, we celebrate Good Friday on a Friday. That's kind of a church tradition. But all Bible scholars, when they really study these passages like Leviticus and they study John and, and even in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 28, it says, after the Sabbath, but that's a modern translation. If you go and read that properly in Greek, it's actually after the Sabbaths. It's plural, uh, Matthew 28, chapter 1. So you won't probably see it in your Bible, but if you go to um, biblewebapp.com, it's, it's Greek interlinear, it's got English and Greek, and you mouse over the Greek word, sabaton, you'll see it'll pop up and it'll tell you this is plural. It's actually Sabbaths. And so Matthew is telling, even Matthew 28, 1 is saying, after the Sabbaths, on the first day of the week, Jesus rose from the dead. There's actually two Sabbaths. And so this is just one of those quirks of the feasts and Jesus dying and it all fitting in with the pattern. We celebrate Good Friday, and which is fine. And I'm, I'm always happy on a Good Friday to remember Jesus dying for us, but he actually died on a Thursday. Technically, it should be a good Thursday. <laughs> And that's okay. It's not important that the day is correct. What's important is that Jesus died. That's what's important. And so all of these feasts, they, have a, they are pointing to Jesus. So the Sabbath, for example, the first one, points to Jesus because Jesus is our rest. If we didn't have Christ, we would be working to earn our salvation. We would be trying to be good enough for God. But because of Christ, we've now entered into Sabbath. So Christ is our Sabbath. But then Passover, Jesus is our Passover lamb. His blood's painted over the door of our lives to protect us. Christ is our Passover. Then we come to the Feast of Unleavened Bread. This whole week of um, 
you know, that, that followed on from Passover, well, this is Christ as well. Pentecost, which is 50 days later, or Shavuot in Hebrew, this is, this is in the Old Testament where they remembered the giving of the law, but in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit came. Well, that's Christ, the one who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. The Feast of Trumpets, which was mentioned in this chapter, or Rosh Hashanah in Hebrew, it's Christ. He is our reconciliation. The Day of Atonement, which followed on 10 days after the Feast of Trumpets, Christ is our atonement. The day that Jesus died on the cross was our Day of Atonement. And finally, the Feast of Tabernacles, or Sukkoth, Christ is the one who dwells among us by the Holy Spirit and we now have tabernacles with God. We dwell with him and he dwells with us. Every one of these feasts is a picture of Jesus Christ. So we don't have to keep these feasts because by being in Christ, we keep the feast by being in Christ. And Paul says that in Colossians. He says that, that, that in Christ, we keep the feasts. So sometimes it's popular for, for people to think that they're holier if they keep these feasts. You're not holier if you keep the feasts. All these are just pictures pointing to Christ. And in a video like the 10 or 15 minute video like today, I don't have time to go into these, but each one of these feasts is worthy of its own video. And, um, and I would particularly love to do one on the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, showing how it matches perfectly to Jesus, his death and his resurrection. Do you know that when we were reading about the, the feast just now, for example, it, it says that on the day after the Feast of Unleavened Bread starts, so you know the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread starts with a Sabbath, it says the day after that, the priest is to raise up an offering and wave it before the Lord. Did you, you may have heard that. Well, that's exactly what happened. The day after the Sabbath, Jesus rose from the dead and was presented to God. Isn't that astounding? So we could do a video on each one of these, uh, which we don't have time for, but I, I guess the main point is to say that each one of these feasts is a picture of Christ. And, and everywhere you look in the book of Leviticus, it's Christ, it's Christ, it's Christ, it's Christ. Be holy, like Christ, you know? Be clean, like Christ. Be set apart for God. Like Christ, Christ is our great high priest. We're the priests that are supposed to follow out and serve. Everywhere in the book of Leviticus, it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I really like that. I just want to mention that we do have the seven feasts here, but there's two others, two other feasts that the Jews keep. Like if you're a Jewish person in the world today, there are two other feasts. One is called Purim, and that's in the Bible in the book of Esther. So that's not a feast that... God told the Jews to keep. It's just that the, the Jews went through this terrible experience in exile of nearly being killed. And they actually um, started this feast more as a kind of like a national holiday to just remember how God has saved them. And uh, the other one is Hanukkah. And Hanukkah is not in the Bible at all. But Hanukkah was in that period between the New and the Old Testaments when uh, there was a lot of turmoil, the Maccabean revolt and all of that. And in that period where the, the Jews were able to set up their nation again temporarily for a little while, the, the Feast of Hanukkah is in remembrance of that. So you've got these extra two feasts, Purim and Hanukkah, and both of these are kind of like national holidays, I guess. In the Gospel of John, Jesus uh, is in Jerusalem and he celebrates Hanukkah at a certain point. I think it's, it's in the same way we have national holidays, we, or we might celebrate the Queen's birthday 
Imagine, or in America, probably a great example is Thanksgiving. You know that the, in America they have this holiday, Thanksgiving holiday, they have one in Canada as well, and they remember with Thanksgiving that the Lord brought them over the, over the seas, they established this new colony, it was by God's grace. So it's an example of a feast or a festival that's not something God commanded them to do, but something they do, it's become a tradition, but something that's meaningful. So we've got these seven feasts which the Lord told the Jews to keep, and all of them point to Christ, but then the Jews also have these two other feasts which were meaningful to them. They weren't commanded to keep them, but they do. I, I think that as a Christian, we can participate in, say, a Passover meal or whatever. We can do so because it has meaning, but not because we've been commanded to. If we think we're going to become more holy as a result, now we're replacing Christ's sacrifice with other things. Now we're taking on legalism. But if we, if we participate in things like this because it's, we find it meaningful and it just moves our heart and it causes us to worship the Lord, well, that can be a good thing. And there are a lot of Messianic Jews in the world today who do this. They don't participate in the feasts to be holier, but they, they just see Jesus in it all the way through. And I think that's really, really nice. So Lord, we thank you that you're in all the feasts. But more than that, I thank you that we're in you. And by being in you, we keep the feasts and we don't have to make the effort to keep them. I thank you, Lord, for the huge meaning that are in all these things. So we're so grateful to you for all you've done. We thank you for Christ, our Passover lamb. In Jesus' name, amen.